Hello and welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Mundy. Co-hosting with me today is Mike Mundy for the second interview in a row. How are you today, Brother Mike? I'm doing wonderful, sir. How are you? I'm awesome, man. Thanks. Um, it's quite the impressive streak you're on, by the way. Two in a row. Lots yep, proud just of down that. here enjoying the uh, freedom of Florida. Very cool. Well, hey, I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Dr. Marwan Bandari is a chiropractor and entrepreneur a philosopher. Um, he's a major advocate for entrepreneurs and businesses that want to create value for people in the world. He's worked in several industries in his life, which we're going to hear hopefully a little bit about today. Um, it's led him to his current path as a, as a chiropractic doctor here in the States. Um, he continues to inspire people to discover physical, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being and to take action in their lives for personal improvement. Dr. Marwin, welcome to Liberty Monks, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Jamie. Uh, Mike as well. It's honored to be here. You know, I mean, with the name like Liberty Monks, uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to be on this show, especially in the current climate? Appreciate that, man. Um, uh, well, it's awesome because, you know, you and I got acquainted uh, because um, I joined the podcasting course with London Real and you were my instructor. And I, I, it was great just uh, getting to know who you are and what you stand for. And it was always really intriguing to me from our first conversation we had when you were in, I think you were in a hotel room in Georgia or something like that. Um, I instantly just liked you. I uh, thought you were a really, really um, interesting guy to talk to. I thought that you, and you knew a lot of information about what was going on at the time. And um, I was kind of biding my time to um, get you on the, on the show and on the horn today so we could chat and uh, solve the world's problems, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, yeah, it, was a, it was a great journey the, the last summer with all you guys. It, it, was, it was a special energy, I think, at that time. It was very yeah. unique. Absolutely. I agree. Um, well, I'm grateful that we have the chance to talk today and then to learn more about what you have on some of your wisdom that you would hope, uh, I would hope you would want to share today. And um, just, uh, I wanted to uh, inform our, uh, our listeners just who you are. You were born in London, right? And I think you came here to the States when you were 12. Your family came over to South Carolina, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we came to South Carolina. So from you know metropolis of London to small town, South Carolina, uh, it was quite, it's quite the transition. I was going to say, that's a far cry from London, man. What was that transition <laughs> like for you? Well, the first six months, I didn't really speak because uh, I had cause back then my English accent was very thick and I was in a town called Gaffney, South Carolina. And, you know, their country accents were so thick. I, we literally, I couldn't understand what they were saying. They couldn't understand what I was saying because I was kind of mute for the six, oh, first six months. But I think I'm an introvert by nature, but, you know, I, I also like to be very social. And I think that's every. I think everyone, you know, you go in and out with that. So eventually, I came out of my shell, and the rest was history, right? But and, and you know, at that time, I was like, I also was like looking at my parents, like, what, where did you bring me? But but now I'm a little bit older, and I look back at that. It's like actually, it was, it was a great experience. I'm super grateful for. And the funny and the funny thing is, you know, I make I make jokes about. I like I like to make jokes. You know, I'm I'm a. When it's time to be serious, I'm serious. But you know, most of the time, I like to communicate in satire and jokes. But the redneck friends I used to make fun of are now the ones, you know, that we're aligning with philosophically the most. So it's kind of funny how everything comes 360 degrees, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's an interesting point, man. Um, it was definitely, I think, depending on where you're at in the country, demographically, you're going to have way different mentalities right now, especially. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with uh, your conditioning. Is it, is it really what you believe or is it what you've been... Taught to believe, and so are you. Is it innately what you think is right, or is it like what you you know the 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 values your family raised you with, uh, the culture you grew up in, 
or is it something that was taught into you? And I think there's a conflict with that anywhere in the country right now. Not just it's not a north, south, east, west thing. You're seeing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it's generational, which is interesting. And I think it has to do a lot with the education and uh, the programming on TV or we what we watch. Um, it's, it's creating a it's, it's creating a disillusion in some aspect. I would say of like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. A disillusion of what makes sense and doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like people, you know, for example, in the current, in the current world, uh, with, you know, with, with all the things, the restrictions and quarantines and whatever, I mean, most of it's coming to an end, thankfully, but obviously there are places where it's still going on in the United States. And why are people following it? Is it because it's, it's what they think is correct or is it because they follow a political party? which I think that's a silly thing to make a decision based on that. Or is it based on, as you say, you know, where they live, like the people around them, majority of people are, are not following it. So they don't follow it. Majority of people are following it. So they follow it. It's like, it's like a psychosis. It's not, it's not listening to what you think is right within you. It's just going along with what's around you, which can be dangerous if, because it may not suit what you, was right for yourself. That's a great point. And that's not just in the con in the context of what's going on with, like Corona and all that, but just generally in life, you see this all the time. It's not a new thing. It's not like people just started doing like this last year. It's been going on for decades. So, and you've studied, you've studied a lot in the scientific realm. I know you said that um, you studied biology in college uh, and have a degree in that. Um, you've researched and looked into a lot of different areas of medicine and science over the years from pharmaceutical to the dental industry, yoga, and even meditation. What did that research lead you to discover? I, he discovered, I would initially, I discovered that it, the world wasn't what it seems, but then it is what it seems. And what I mean by that is you now nothing's missing. Only our perception is, but like when I break it down into the industries that I was looking into at that time, because about 11, 12 years ago, I was trying to figure out what to do. I mean, I had this BS degree. Like, was it a bachelor of science or was it actual BS? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there's much more than what we were taught. That's what I realized when I started doing independent studies, right? And I looked into the industries. Like every 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 industry is necessary, whether it's government, whether it's medicine, pharmacology. You know, then you have all this holistic stuff. I wasn't aware that you don't really get taught holistic stuff when you go in a college, right? You just kind of taught everything's medicine and pharmacology, which is not true. I mean, there's millions and millions of people who live a holistic lifestyle, but you don't really learn about that. Why is that? That's a good question. Uh, so, and the, the amount of corruption I saw in every facet of society, you know, education, healthcare, government, you know, and it realized it was all tied in together. I didn't, at that time, I didn't really know. As the years went on, you just see, you just see it all coming together like a big puzzle piece. Like nothing is random. Uh, but conversely, it was because of all that discovery that led me to where I am today. So I'm grateful for those things, as crazy as that sounds is the things that I'm fighting against, actually, I'm actually very grateful for them at the same time. So it's like a balance. Uh, and you have to do this in life. Otherwise, you will, you will not be able to grow, you'll stay in conflict. Because, you know, if you have a grudge against something, uh, you have to see the value in whatever it is that like you hate someone. No, that's not going to work. That per that event happened with that person incident may have happened. How did that but how did that benefit you as well? So so, but you know, 10 years back, I didn't have this awareness. So I was in a dark place. So that's what, so that's where I started. And I was, I was seeking something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a mentor of mine told me the quality of the questions determines the quality of your life. 
So as I started to ask him more questions, more was being revealed to me as I was doing my research, as I traveled around, I, I met people. And that's the biggest thing, like in, in the confines of a book or a classroom, you can learn a lot. But in the confines of the world, you can, your, your learning, your expansion is unlimited. And talking to people and experiencing life is the best way to learn about it. Because, and, and not, then don't read the books that are only assigned to you. Go out there and ask yeah. people, because uh, that's where the knowledge is. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that. Um, I've really looked into compulsory education um, a lot lately just because my kids are virtual and everything, and it's led us to discover other things we can get them to read, to your point. Um, and what are the things I discovered, and maybe you could shed some light on this based on your experience too, is that everybody is put into one category when you see when these kids are taught, mm -hmm. meaning they're all graded like beef would be right. We grade beef <laughs> yet. We grade these kids and these kids learn differently. I know my, my three kids are wildly different from one another and they yep. learn differently than each other and they have different personality traits. And some, you know, one of my kids is very creative. The other one's very pragmatic and they just learn differently. How are they expected to learn the subject the same way? You know, and um, is that something that you saw pretty clearly just in, in your experience and what you just talked about? Yeah, I definitely seen that more uh, as I started my chiropractic journey and I started seeing patients from young to old and the younger ones. Yeah, for sure. Even even and you see it in adults, too, because it's almost like unprocessed trauma because, you know, they were forced to do something or learn something a certain way. They, ne they never reached their heights because they weren't they didn't go up. They, they thought they had to fit into a certain way. Mm hmm. Uh, but their unique gift was, and the expression of that is different. So I definitely agree with what you're saying. So well, I tell some people come into me like, oh, this happened. I was like, well, that's, that's, that's what's special about you. It's not necessarily right. a bad thing. And that's, that's your angle to create. It's not going to be the same as mine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you, so you mentioned the kids, um, so much has transpired in the last year, um, the global pandemic obviously has caused a chain right. reaction of a lot of things all over the world. Um, one of the major impacts I think is psychological to, to your point, just being the, the lockdowns to being away from loved ones to not being able to hug grandma. Um, what mm. type of long-term effects do you think this is ha having on people or is going to have on people, especially kids? Well, let's take, let's take the mask, for example, right? Mm. Say you're a five-year-old kid or even younger than that. Like, you know, you're a toddler, you're a baby. Now, now the child, you know, they, they use facial expressions to learn social cues, like how to express, how to react. You know, they look at mom and dad, look at brother, sister or random strangers. And if you look, if you notice a baby, they're staring at you intently because they're just trying. That's how they learn. Now, if we're all covered up, how do they learn social cues? They don't know how to react. They don't know how to respond. Now, a lot of times these younger children, they don't speak. Right. They don't they don't say like they don't because they don't know what they're supposed to be learning. So how do they know what to say? People like, oh, they don't complain. It was like, how are they going to complain? Because they don't know. They're still processing and learning how the world works. Uh, so I think it's, it's going to have a massive cycle. We're already seeing that it's having a psychological effect. Like yeah, this, the, yeah. the anxiety. I mean, kids were already already anxious and depressed because of the way of a, the technological world we live in. There's a lot of benefits to technology. I'm not against it. We have to use it as a tool, but we can't let it overtake us. That's the key. Right. I mean, we're talking to, to with each other over technology, so it's a, it's a great tool. But if it can, if it if it consumes us and and uh, we can't do anything, we'll miss out on the human interaction, the human experience. That's not the purpose of the technology. And you know, with the with the 
with their kids, you know, not being able to play with one another. I mean, they need the social interaction. That's how they learn too with each other, uh, interacting with each other as human beings and interacting with the environment. Like our oh, nature is not our enemy, it's our home. Like, how does a child boost his immune system? It interacts with the soil, interacts with the plants, the animals. We are, we are, we are remote. We are, we are deterring our children from becoming healthy, whether it's through human interaction or interaction with the environment. And, uh, you know, as we're going back to the mass thing, it is creating a lot of psychological issues. And we are going to see that as time goes along, uh, you know, because it doesn't matter what anyone says. It's not the same. I have noticed that even adults, because of the mass, they're hesitant to speak. I, I can I can mm -hmm. sense that because it's like it's almost like it's like a I made this silly analogy the other day. It's like it's like the uh, you know in Harry Potter you have the invisibility cloak, but we can still see you. You're not hidden. <laughs> right. Actually, we can see your flaws even more. And going to, going to adults, you know, coming with children, second just it just reminded me, you know, the people wearing a mask, especially men. That I'm talking directly about men right now. Mm -hmm. That. The, con the constant mask wearing for me is linked to lack of self-esteem because it's a, it's a way of people hiding behind something. And I don't think that's healthy either. That's, that, that's a really good point. Um, I can tell people you are doing it because they actually are afraid and they just don't, yeah. haven't done any research and they think it's the right thing. I mean, I'm not putting people down for that. You know, I don't judge people because everyone's coming from their own level of consciousness, their own level of understanding. But after some time, you've got to ask a question. You know, that's the thing. That's that's where I think people are starting. To even you know, we are starting to get antsy. It's like, come on, man! Like, it's been over. It's been nearly a year and a half. Like, when do you have you like? Don't doesn't anything click in you? Like, if it and that's that's the scary part. It's right. like some point people got to realize. You know, in the, we've all done silly things in our life. We didn't know why we were doing them, but at some point we have to realize. And the most powerful weapon is self-realization. Uh, you know, some people go a whole lifetime without awakening to what to their greatness, which is a tragedy. But maybe that was meant to be, so others can learn from it. I don't know. You know, I'm not the I'm not the orchestrator. I'm just one of the players. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, well, it's interesting. One of the statements that we keep hearing in the media is you gotta follow the science, listen to the science. And, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, like, you know, you see there's a lot of conflict among doctors and scientists. I mean, these oh, people, yeah, massive conflict. Right. These people have the same degrees that the other side has, I guess I'll call it. I can't believe we're talking about sides in medicine right now, but you know, medicine used to be an area where that was based on ideas and collaboration and research and everyone putting their heads together. And now it's become more confrontational. I'm right. Yeah. You're wrong. What do you think has caused that? I think it's the part of it is the indoctrination in the, in, in the way, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't, I don't have a medical degree. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I have, I have a doctorate degree, but it's, you know, it's a different, uh, but even in, even in my profession, any profession, there are people butting heads over, over what's going on. It's, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's it's it, and when you come back to the science, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a science with a dollar sign and there's a science with an S. Okay, the one with the dollar sign, you can't question it. You get disregarded. You know, you get they they you start getting uh, hate, right? You're receiving messages. You know, you get abused, verbally abused. You get discredited. Uh, the science with an S. You're, and oh, the one with the dollar sign, go back to a second. You can't ask questions. 
if you ask if you ask mm-hmm. questions then you know you're not following the science and you're a fraud now the one with an s the, with the letter s not the dollar sign you can ask questions you can go deeper you can inquire you can mm-hmm. do research you can make observations and you can find better solutions and i thought that was the whole point of it and i think uh, you know i think collaboration is key knowing what specialist is good at what and how to u- utilize each other for the benefit of the patient should be the goal at least i thought it was uh but it seems, as you said, it's completely right. It's more of a battle. And is this an egotistical thing? Is it like, is this the indoctrination of the schooling to think that what you're taught is above all and no one else? Like, people ask me, like, you know, about chiropractic, for example, because I'm a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you know, what, what's, what's magnificent about it, right? Uh, you know, con- connect the brain and body. Body heals itself from the inside out the way it's designed to. But then I also tell them it's one of the greatest ways I know, but it's not the only way. There are many healing arts that have a similar philosophy that seek the same result. You have to find what suits you. This is one of the best things that I found for myself, but it's not the only thing I utilize in my life, right? I do other things too. Mm -hmm. You have to eat well, you have to sleep well, you have to think well. I do other practices, right? So, I mean, it's not like the the dogmatism is dangerous. When people think that their way is the only way, like dogma will destroy you. And, and as I said, you know, medicine pharmacy, I'm not against it, but I'm against the abuse and abuse, the overuse and abuse of it. And even for me, I tell my patients, the objective is to see you less because I want you to be able to get back to your life. Maybe in the beginning, I'll see you more because you know, you're, you're a train wreck. I get that, (laughs) but (laughs) I don't want to see you every day for the rest of my life. You know, I want to help you manage your own life. So you don't need to keep coming in at least I think, at least I thought that would be what the idea of a good doctor in any profession in any, you know, allopathic or holistic. I mean, isn't that the point we want people to get on with their lives to make sure that they can manage it themselves. At least I would think that would be a good idea, but it seems like people want them to be a permanent patient. I don't think that's, that's the, I think that's dangerous. And I think that's flawed if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, and, and I think what we're seeing too is that we have an element of common sense, right? I mean, yeah, that does exist. And it seems like the term foul, the science is used to justify every idea that defies it. <laughs> you know? Seems like it. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'm not, I mean, you know, every single person, whether you have a science degree, a doctorate degree or not is intelligent, you know, in their own unique way, we all bring value to the table. So to say, to discredit someone's opinion, or someone's voice, is 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 wrong. Yeah, a mother that speaks from her own testimony of a child's experience or her experience is dismissed because she doesn't have a science degree. Why? I don't see why that should be dismissed. Right. Uh, someone that studies a certain aspect of health, but they don't have the one that they want, which is the allopathic one. Why is that dismissed? I mean, that's not correct. Everyone's talking from what they've been taught so they have value to what they're saying you know uh but saying if you don't follow the science or follow what science like what is that science predicated on is it predicated on a philosophy and then that philosophy breeds an art and that art and that i mean that philosophy breeds a science and that science breeds an art like right so so there is no one science it's like what are you basing your conversation upon 
like when people so people have to dig a little deeper like don't just take things for face value i wish we could mm-hmm. and i wish we could just blindly trust each other because it should be like that but unfortunately that's not how the world works and it never will be like there's always going to be a contrast right like you look at the yin yang symbol it's it's a uh, black and white it has a black dot on the white side and, and a white dot on the black side that's to symbolize the, the that we need that it's uh that we're always going to have the elements right you got i mean you're always going to have both sides is what i mean by that and it's it's the it's the finding the the balance and the, the harmony between both. Mm-hmm. But when one get when it gets out of balance, you're gonna have chaos. Uh, and that's kind of what we're seeing at the moment. So this follow the science is a very dangerous, it's a dangerous rhetoric that doesn't allow questioning, which is the biggest red flag for anyone who is an honest scientist or doctor, in my opinion. Well, and it's interesting you say that because um, you know we. If you look at just the behavior of the different entities uh, that are that are coming out with, especially the CDC, you yeah. know, science. I mean, science, to my knowledge, doesn't change rapidly, right? It, it's mm. it's it's a consistent thing. That's how we're able to study it. Um, but with the like with the mass that we were talking about in the last couple of weeks, um, the CDC is claiming they're following the science, but then. <laughs> You know, they flip flop back and forth on whether or not people should be wearing masks if they're vaccinated, if they're not, if they're uh, affected, yeah. if they're not. It's like, well, wh- how is that following the science? Is that purely politics in action? It looks like it because uh, what is the research on? Like, you know, you see these things circulating, right? About mm-hmm. I don't watch the mainstream media, but, you know, I follow a lot of people on social media. So that's where I get my news from. Mm-hmm. Seems to be more accurate that way, strangely enough. Right. Uh, but what's the science behind uh, an unvaccinated person not needing a mask versus a, I mean, sorry, an unvaccinated person needing a mask versus a vaccinated person not needing a mask. There's no literature on that. Right. If they're saying for the science, what science? That's my question. Can you show me what science you're talking about? Right. What is the science of, I just saw something coming out saying the CDC or the FDA or whatever, these organizations, one of them, that children next year in their 2020, the next school year will be required to wear masks based on what? Can you show me why that is a necessity? I haven't seen it. No. Well, it's interesting. My wife is a, um, is a medical math practice defense attorney. And so she studies medical charts and medical records, um, scientific studies for a living. So, and she deposes experts, people that are, you know, doctors of all different types of doctors, right? And one of the things that she posed to one of her doctor friends that was very mask adamant was, can you show me any type of evidence whatsoever that this impacts causation right. that I could use in court? And she's like, no. She's like, well, then, then do your con- that, doesn't hold, that doesn't hold water, right? Yeah, the case is over, mate. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Case, right, exactly. So again, it's, it's just one of those things where what... what well, there's so many negative side effects to uh, to covering your face with something that's not clean, and um, yeah. especially with I mean, children. It, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's a bacterial cesspool. If we're so, mm-hmm. and that's another thing, like this whole germ thing, germ theory. If we're so worried about germs, then why are we collecting them in our face all day long? That's a good point. <laughs> you know, but but you know that whole thing with the germs, it's a bit antiquated now. I think we need to mm-hmm. update that. You know, because even even like Louis Pasteur. The one who came up with it originally, I mean, he wasn't the only one, but you know, he was a leading face of it, I guess. I mean, throughout history, it's not one, no one person has had an original thought. It's always been multiple people, just someone gets credit with it. <laughs> that's pretty right. much how it works. Uh, right. But anyways, 
even on his deathbed, he said he was wrong. You know, it's not it's not about the it's not about the germ invading the host. It's about the terrain, which is the host or the body or the animal or living organism. It's the strength of the host that determines health. It's not it's not the foreign invader. So we've been we've gone over almost what 170 years or something around that on this germ theory that has been the basis for pharmacology and allopathic medicine, and it's the basis of why we take certain medicines, drugs, vaccines, and do certain things. Mm-hmm. But I think, but we know that it's not, that's not how health, that's not, has nothing to do with what health, crea- how health is created. I understand, it's, but you know, when there's, another thing is that it's okay that we can say we made a mistake. Why is that harmful? I'm not, I'm not going to say that people should be hung for what they've done. Okay, we made a mistake. Let's move on. You know, things happen in life. No one's perfect. We get that. I don't, th- you know, I think everyone would be relieved if that's what they heard. Okay, we made a mistake. This is actually the better way to get healthy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what, but even when people discover that, like, for example, you tell people, you know, under the age of, I think it's under the age of 50, you have like a 99.99% chance of surviving from whatever supposedly is floating around in the air. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they don't want to hear that. It's like, it's as if they don't want good news. It's a, the, the mass psychosis of wanting to hold on to the drama is, in, is, a, is quite extraordinary. What do you think is driving that? Uh, well, there, it's, a, it's, it's the conditioning. Uh, what I mean by that is it's become, it's, it's become part of the culture in most of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, if you subject someone continuously for a period of time, like 60 to 90 to 120 days, uh, they will believe what you're telling them is true. They haven't verified it, but it's become their belief system. And so that's as simple as that, really. And I think it, and you know, I think it was back in the 60s or 50s, somewhere, or maybe even earlier. I don't know. In Russia, the KGB did a, an ex, they, you know, they did an experiment. They subjected people to the same messages for, I think it was two or three months, and after two or three months those people they found as people but they became their belief system basically and even the, the you know a lie became a truth so that's all it is it's the constant bombard- like anything it's like i always joke around like you know you become what you meditate on now i don't sit down and meditate and stare at the wall and like close my eyes and you know i mean life is a meditation for me from start to end now what are we spending our time on physically mentally emotionally spiritually it becomes our reality you know, I'm not the originator of that thought. We've had many people talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's simple as that. What you, what you think, you know, what you think about, you bring about. And that's, that's really much what it is. And and why are they targeting the children? Uh, you know, going back to 100 years ago in in, uh, in Russia, the Soviet Union, they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't market communism to the adult population because they knew they wouldn't change their ways. They got. They went through the school system. Now we're seeing the same kind of tactics today, because when you, you can, that's how they brought it into existence is by brainwashing the children. Yeah. Because it's much easier to raise someone to believe something than to convert someone to believe something. Well, and it becomes easier to see that I think too, because you have certain countries that do not allow children to be homeschooled. You must go to the government provided education wow which, wasn't aware of that that's crazy yeah and and so <laughs> how, how in the world is that okay because you know there's 
people have the innate ability to, I think, teach and take care of their kids and to teach them values and to and do their own research. And not every parent does this. And I'm not knocking the ones that do. Some of people can't do that or don't have the means or the, um, the ability or time or whatever, but um, to, to mandate that people go to a certain type of education, to me, that is a slippery slope. And, and to yeah. your point, I think there's, there's definitely merit to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think, and, you know, as, as again, like, you know, obviously there are, it's not like a knock on everyone who's in education. No, but it's just a system overall. It's like, you know, most people in any field are good people, like even medical mm -hmm. doctors, they're not, they're not bad people, but they, but they need to step aside for a second and think bigger. Like who is, who's supervising you? Who's writing your textbooks? Who's telling you to follow certain things and, or like prescribe certain things like, you know, that, and I know, I know some fantastic people, you know, after some time in the industry, they realized themselves that you know, they started treating patients differently. And, but then some of them got in trouble for that. Uh, uh, because, you know, the, if you don't follow their orders, it's, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you kind of get blacklisted or you lose your license. Well, that's not correct. Why is that? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the school system, right? If a teacher starts teaching something out of the curriculum, she's mm -hmm. not going to, the teacher won't be there anymore because <laughs> yeah. you're not following, following the rules or following the science or, following the curriculum or following whatever it may be. But where does, where does human ingenuity, creativity, free expression and thought come in? It's almost, like they're, mold, it's almost like they're molding these kids like clay. Yeah, it is. And I guess we went through it too, but I think it's got worse. Mm. I mean, you know, we all got molded to some extent. <laughs> you know? right. uh, but I always joke like the education system is a babysitting service. You know, uh, it's, it's designed because... It comes from the industrial uh, industrial era, right? The industrial mm -hmm. revolution, because mm -hmm. it was that's pretty much what it was. It was a babysitting service, but then it became then it turned into uh, because the parents had to work all day long, but then it turned into indoctrination center. Mm -hmm. Well, they <laughs> needed they needed to be able to you know teach people how to become obedient so they could work in factories and right and that's yeah. really where it started. And and it was a great service at that time. Like we can't knock it. It was a good thing. We needed that. But at some point, I think we've grown out of that now. Like, mm -hmm. like it's not like, you know, we have to, it's time to shift from that. And, and this is another thing that like whether we shift from it or not, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's already happening because you can't suppress the, the human ingenuity. You can't suppress human spirit expression. It's always going to find a way to get where it needs to get done through every error through history. It always has happened. So, if, but it'll be easier if we make the shift, if we facilitate the shift rather than have, fight for the shift. That's the, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So why do we, we don't need to make it hard, but it, because no matter what, it's going to happen. So you mentioned that a lot of what's going on seems to have some weight on it because of cultural differences and cultural, um, uh, just different ways that people were conditioned and brought up. Um, we have, we have a big divide right now. We have people that call themselves woke and we have people <laughs> that call themselves awake, right? And yeah. those are two distinctly different things. But what is what is the difference between these two mentalities in your in your from your perspective? I mean, based on you know, on what I, see, I didn't even know what work was until last year. To be honest, what are people talking about? You know, and, and in the beginning, I saw some of my peers because that was you know it was like the cool thing to do, right? Be woke. I mean, I heard this a few years back. I was just a stupid fad. I don't know what it means. Whatever. I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, to be honest, until about 
March of last year, I didn't pay attention to anything in the main culture for the last 10 years. I was just focused on shifting myself so I could serve more people. Because, you know, unlearning all the nonsense I learned in the previous two decades, that's, that's what I was focusing on the last 10 years. But the last year, it was a great gift in a weird way because it exposed me to a lot of things so I could understand what, what the hell is going on. Uh, but for me, the biggest difference is, uh, you know, responsibility versus victimhood, like accountability versus victimhood mentality. That's a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Like people who are woke, always looking, always being the victim and looking to blame someone. Now, we've all been through things in life. We've all experienced things, uh, hardships, you know, whether it's discrimination, what it prejudice, whatever it may be. That's part of the human experience. You know, grow up. You're not going to shift it by complaining about it all the time. Does it happen? It does. Do I think it's right? No, it's not always right. You know, there are things that need to be improved. There are systems that need to change. I get that. But, you know, running around in in rampant riot is not the answer, in my opinion. Like sometimes this is, you know, you, need, do, you, need, you do need to make yourself, everyone's voice should be heard. But where does accountability and self-responsibility come in? No, no, no one in history ever became anything of value by waiting for someone else to do it for them. I don't know anyone that's done that. That's a really good point. It's always happened by taking on the initiative to do something, to make a difference, to serve others, to help someone, to create something, to build something, to travel somewhere. You know, you got to do something and you got to, you got to take the charge. Like this morning I was running and I, I had thought to in my mind, it's one of the slowest runs I did in a while. I was struggling, to be honest. But I was like, I got to finish it, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I could have basically walked faster the way I was going at the end. But, <laughs> but what came to my mind was like, no one's going to run your life for you. You've got to go out and then run it. That's what's coming to my mind. It's like, mm-hmm. even though I was struggling, it's like, whatever, you know, no one's going to run. No, I can't, no one's going to come run for me if I want to get in better shape. I have to do it. That doesn't mean that you can't ask for help. Of course you can. But that's the biggest thing, responsibility and accountability versus mm-hmm. depending on something or depending on someone to do it for you. Now, the, the thing is like, you know, a balance is always good, but ultimately, if you're in charge, you become the master of your destiny. If someone else is in charge, you become, you become the passenger and you don't know where that ship is going. That's the scary part. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something very, uh, uh, very important a little bit ago when we were talking about um, just someone's overall, the host, right? However healthy the host is, is going to be how somebody reacts to a foreign invader. You mentioned that a second ago. And I know that you are a huge advocate for health and well-being. And this, obviously, the the virus, the COVID virus is, is, is a that unleashed this woke culture, I think, into the mainstream. And, and now, and and they used, they used, seems like they used it to classify every death as as COVID. I mean, we've all seen at this point, everybody is, most people I would say have seen some type of conflicting information on that. Um, Now people seem to be having adverse reactions to the vaccination shots. Mm. Um, some, so some of the same people that were classifying these illnesses as COVID and, oh, nope, they definitely died from COVID. 
they're now classifying these problems, deaths, and in, in, in adverse reactions to natural causes, or that they're just anecdotal. <laughs> so, what yeah. is one what is one supposed to believe then? Um, yeah. You know, with that regard to that. I mean, yeah, one of the silliest things I saw recently in regards to the adverse reactions was it has something. It was like a psychological issue or something <laughs> that's causing the. I don't know, some silly article yeah, I saw. Yeah. I don't. I just saw the headlines. I don't have time to read this nonsense. <laughs> but like, but I thought there's all kinds of weird things circling out there. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Now, does anyone really know the level of? Uh, I mean, what actually causes anything in any disease process? How do we 100% know anything? Mm-hmm. We always, you know, we always. It's it's an element of guessing. To be honest, you know, I'm not. I'm not a. You know, that's not my field of, that's not how I approach the body. You know, I, I always talk to, I, you know, I take care of the sickest of the sickest to the healthiest of the healthiest from young to old, from the, you know, pregnant mother, newborn baby to those who are in the 80s, 90s, 100s. Uh, the approach is always the same. Let's bring the body back into balance, mm-hmm. mind-body connection. So every system in your body can work better. Like it's the whole being. Obviously, I want to know what's going on. Now, the person has cancer, diabetes, kid fell down, sprained his ankle, whatever it may be. I want to know all that, but that's not that's not the end all and be all. Let's look let's look at how we can create health. Now, when you look at these adverse reactions, going back to that, sorry, I went on a little tangent there. It's all right. No. Yeah. How do you deny when someone comes in and tells you, "I felt this after the shot"? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lady come in yesterday in the office. Uh, you know, her primary complaint was neck pain and, and uh, you know, it's getting progressively worse the last 10 days. And I asked her, when did it start? And she told me it was after her second shot, Pfizer shot. Now, how can I deny what she's saying is a lie? I I mean, you can. are you going to just go around telling people they're lying to you? You know, I mean, but as I said, you know, was it, and I, I mean, and it's not, and, you know, there are, there are hundreds of thousands of uh, cases reported on this the various system VAERS. Yep. And according to a Harvard study, that's only about one the Harvard study that was done three years ago, I believe. On they were trying to uh, they were trying to study how much what percentage of is actually being reported. And this was before you know Corona and COVID. Mm-hmm. And they they said one percent. So oh man, let's just be generous and say right now ten percent has been reported. Even still, you, you do the math. I mean, it's you're talking millions of people have adverse reactions, and you're talking hundreds of thousands of people have died from it. Uh, but it's, you know, and there, but right now, around four thousand people have officially died from it. But you know, but having said that, someone gets it. Someone, someone takes the shot, and they die a year from now. It's very unlikely they'll be contributed to coming from the shot. It may not be the shot. How do I know that? I don't know that. Right. You know, but why? Why do? Why are we playing? Why are we taking a gamble on life when we don't need to? That's my question. Because, you know, as I, and as I say again, it's not. I just go by what I've been researching myself. You know, you know, it's not. I, I, I'm, it's not my field of expertise. I don't give out drugs, so I don't know. But according to doctors I've interviewed, talked to, listened to, there are tr- treatments. Why, why haven't they been used? Mm-hmm. I don't know that answer to that question. It's interesting on that same website you were talking about, the VARS website, V-A-E-R-S, right? Um, yeah. If you look at previous years, because I did go on there and take a look at this, and you can filter a bunch of information, but if you look at previous years, it's in the hundreds of people that had adverse reactions. 
mm-hmm. and death and death. I think it was actually just death that I just saw the yeah. statistic. And now we're in the thousands, right? Yeah, and in, 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 I think I saw something like in four, in the last four or five months, mm. more people have died from the current crop of uh, vaccines than in the last fifteen years combined. Yeah, uh, and and again, you know, going back to the harvest study before all this transpired over the last year, they were saying it's less than one percent reporting of even what you saw the previous years. Right. So. You know, and there's, and you know, there's, for me, it's like, it's not about creating a conflict or creating a war. It's like, why don't we try Okay. We can say we've made mistakes. Why don't we look for better solutions? Like there's no harm in that. Right. Yeah. There's no, even in the future, we're going to, we're all going to make mistakes in our lives. No one's, no one's uh, immune to that. And I've never seen in my lifetime anyway, um, when we have, people saying that there's a correlation, you know, they're, you know, we, I, it was three, three nurses were interviewed. I think it was Dell Bigtree that was interviewing these three nurses. Each one of these three nurses got the, one of the shots. I don't remember which one. And they went into body convulsions, uncontrollable cramping and body convulsions. And that, that they're saying that it has not subsided at all. Like they, they, they live with this now. And the doctors yeah. are telling them to your point, you said a second ago, well, this must be psychological. I, Wait a minute. How does I've, I've just I've just never heard of that. I've never heard of a psychological right. condition putting people into full body convulsions. Yeah. No, I mean it's. I mean, could there be such things? Yes. I mean, you know, the mind right. is so powerful, but how many how many uh, you know how many coincidences do you need before you have to say that's the cause? Mm-hmm. Like everything can't be a coincidence. And, 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 just, and just the straight dismissiveness of it, right? Yeah, that's the thing. And, it's, and this comes back to what you asked earlier about, you know, why is is system certain way, blah, blah. I think this mm-hmm. is literally, I, th- I think that's just what they're being told to say. That's what they're being, you know, it's like, that's what they're being taught to do. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. It's like they're putting blinders on. But for me, it's like, even in the future, if I find out what I'm doing is harming people, I'll put my hands up and say, look, I found it, you know, I apologize. This is what I was taught. This is what I was doing, but it wasn't working. And now I found a different thing that's better. And I apologize. I mean, why is, what, what is harmful in that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know it's, it's not easy to do. I, I get that. It's because, you know, it's, it's more of a pride well, hit than anything. Yeah, it is. It's an <laughs> ego thing. It's a pride thing. It's a financial thing. There's so many aspects involved in here. It's not just one thing. It's a complicated situation. I get that. There's so many, there's so many uh, hands tied together, you know, uh, so it's a tricky one, but you know, there's an oath that people took, right? We have to remember what the, and it's, it's a little different for everyone, but it's pretty much along the same lines in each profession. You know, we have to remember what that is. I think people need to come back to that. Now, why did you go into it in the first place? Go to, back to that day you got admitted when you were 18 or 22 or whatever age you were. I think we need to get grounded again. Um, you talk about uh, a lot of times you have a podcast called back to being and, and i've listened to many of those and, and in some of those podcasts you talk about what creates real health um what do you mean by that what do you mean by real health and and what does somebody do in order to put themselves on that path yes yeah, so i think it begins with it begins with a inner seeking you know like it starts with you know figuring out who you are yeah. What's your purpose in life? What are you moving towards? What are your values? Uh, you know, what's your vision, mission, and purpose? I mean, it's the biggest thing. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of times, this is not conventional way of looking at health, but I think it's a big determinant. I mean, big it determines a lot, a lot. And then we also have to look at the mind, right? We have to look at how we're perceiving the world. You know, are we able to make sense of what's around us? Are we grasping what's going on? Uh, and and what creates health? It's a it's it's an experience of living. And is you know you can you can ask a hundred people the same question, you're gonna get hundred different answers. But for me, health is when a when a when a living organism can express life to its maximum potential. It's like able that. to it's able to enjoy the roller coaster of ups and downs, the ride to the top of the mountain, the ride to the bottom of the valley. It's able, it's able to adapt. Life is the ability to adapt and thrive. Uh, it's 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 the ability to to simply just be, you know, mm-hmm. our essence is love. It's a it's the synchronicity and synthesis of complementary opposites. So that's so love is, and I always say love is not a feeling; it's who we are. Uh, this is the essence of health. It's not something you have to go look for; it's already within you. So we just have to reconnect, reorganize, heal, expand, and explore. Because every every human being is subconsciously seeking two things, and it's and it goes perfectly well with the title of your podcast, because those, those two things are liberty and growth. Well, those are things that you said that those are the two things that people are innately seeking to to seek in life and trying to find in life. What do you think those things? Um, what makes those so important, and uh, and why is it important for the future of humanity for people to seek those things? Whether we are seeking it or not, it happens automatically. This is the beauty of life. The trick is if you're aware, you enjoy the journey. If you're not, you just fight it. But you'll get where you need to be no matter what. So I don't fear. You know, fear doesn't do anything. So I trust in life. If when you're a child, the child grows. It needs nurturing and love. Of course, it can grow better, right? The right nourishment. And nourishment comes from the, the love of the family, the parents, the mother, uh, the, and not just, and obviously the food, of course, the water, all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. But as we become an adult, like right now in my apartment, there's a tree. I didn't even know it was a tree this morning, but I guess it was meant to be for this conversation. Up <laughs> 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 off the bed. And I thought, you know, we, we are here in this physical form. You know, we are a trunk. As we're growing older, our trunk grows bigger. We don't usually, hopefully not too sideways, you know, put a little bit of weight <laughs> right. on, but not too much, but more in a vertical sense. And that's different for everyone, but that becomes your trunk. Now, as a child, you, you know, your only obligation is to grow up and experience and learn and all these things. Mm-hmm. But then as you become an adult, you're now you have to create branches. That's what I saw when I, when I saw, that's what I thought of when you saw, when I saw the tree in the painting, now your branches can be a business. It can be children or you create a family. It can be a, a book. You leave something behind a legacy for the world to, to learn. Uh, you know, we have many ways to leave that today. You know, we have, we have technology, the internet, and the things like what we're doing, podcasts. So there's many ways to leave your branches and your trunk will remain. Like the soul is eternal. Your mark will remain through the branches you created and you'll move on to a new expression of life. And so be it. Uh, so, this, so, so, so this, and so we are always seeking freedom, the liberty, 
and we're always seeking the growth subconsciously it's ingrained in us mm-hmm. so but when we are aware of it we can move we can do even even we can do much more that when we even if we're not aware of it it's going to happen uh, now unfortunately it doesn't happen for everybody because sometimes a lack of awareness can can create other things it may end our journey earlier than we expected uh, but maybe that was meant to be maybe that was your expression in this life i don't know you know depending on there's many different philosophies around the world about life right maybe that was your cycle in this birth i don't know is that mm-hmm. true or not how do i know there's something that someone said one time what we learned right but then we have to go back to discernment right what's in what does it the, the which i call the bullshit meter or the gut feeling <laughs> yep we all have one inside of us does it ring truth if it does follow it if it doesn't don't and if you don't know ask questions until you do know <laughs> but don't just don't just give up right so that's what i mean by liberty and growth it's uh it's an we, we are innately seeking it no and if you look back if you reflect upon our lives mm-hmm. we'll realize this is true yeah so we are it's it's quite fascinating what to think about actually <laughs> It's absolutely fascinating. And I, you said it perfectly, man. Um, I know we're up against it. Um, um, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about today before we wrap up? I'm not really sure I can top that. And I, and I want to thank you for triggering that thought in me today. <laughs> hey, man, you're, you're awesome. Um, I greatly appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'd love to have you back on again, man. I just uh, We've always had great conversations. And uh, this is our first podcast together. So I, I would love to have you back on and to talk more in depth about some of these things that you have great insight into, because I've learned a lot today just by hearing you talk. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. You know, I also would like to tap into your brain too, you know, so maybe I can, I can interview you or we'll just have a conversation and we'll go back and forth. Hey man, I'd love to do that. That'd be absolutely outstanding. Absolutely. I'm in. Um, so I want to make sure you out there listening know that Dr. Marwan's podcast back to being is on, um, most of the major platforms, iTunes, Spotify doc, if there's anything else that it's on, uh, definitely want to steer people, uh, that way. Uh, I'm going to put some links down in the description, Dr. Marwan, man. Thanks a lot for being on today. Oh yeah. Thank you so much. You know, I just, I really appreciate being on here and Liberty monks. I mean, <laughs> what, what a title and but for all the listeners out there, you know, uh, I, I just want to leave you, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, whenever I speak, it's, it's not, it's not with, uh, any anger or hate. It's really just with passionate love. And, you know, I hope you guys can, whoever's listening, something that I said today may trigger in you, you know, that allows you to move towards whatever you're meant to do in this expression of life. And there's no small act, you know, each, each act is, is valid. You know, so, you know, you create your own drive towards liberty and growth and become your own monk. Awesome, dude. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, I know my brother, Mike, had to jump off because of a patient emergency. So he sends his uh, um, just, um, you know, parting, parting notes to you. To, thanks to be, for being on as well. And um, thank you for that uh, there at the end. And this is, uh, this is Liberty Monk signing off until next time, as always. Um, Dr. Marwin, God bless you, man. Uh, God bless you out there listening. Uh, God bless America. And I mean, I know God bless everybody out there around the world who's who's been uh, going through what they've been going through over the last year. We're we're pushing through hard, and we're good's going to prevail. So God bless you, and uh, take care. Touche. <laughs>